You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind right now. Anyways, I have to put that little caveat in there. Before we get started, I want to pay homage to our sister company, J Hill Marketing, for always having our back. I guess you could say they have our spine, since we just launched a book editing division bookmark to get it. All the professional execution, your copyright retention, and at a fraction of the cost of what the publishers charge. How does that sound? I know, right? Awesome sauce. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay Hill. You are pretty chill. Am I trying too hard to be cool today? That's all right. I'm going to go with that vibe. My guest today was supposed to be on last week, actually, but in the process of honoring the universe's divine timeline, we both got things screwed up and wound up talking on the phone like it was 1997, which was even better because we were able to visit with each other and connect on a deeper level, which is pretty special. And it doesn't happen all the time. Jules Schroeder is a survivor and thriver. You will learn all about her story of clobbering the odds right in the face, almost literally, and rising up to become the goddess of her unconventional life, the leader of the people on the paths less traveled. That's also literally and figuratively. Please welcome the soulful and wonderful. Hello, hello. What an introduction. I was trying to not lose myself so many times. I was just like laughing. I was like, this is so good. And by the way, it's 111 on my time clock right now. So just presenting the synchronistic flow here. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. I'm all about the 111s, 1111. And actually, one of our clocks is set forward 11 <laughs> minutes ahead. And that I is. love it. <laughs> so I. T- we have such the vibe. It's just crazy. So I, I want people to get to know you. Like I've mm-hmm. gotten to know you for about roughly 15 minutes, but I want you to tell people about, and I was surprised to learn this, that you're very similar in kind of where you are in your life and how you're approaching things as yeah, a lot of the so people it's who are been listening quite to a ride. Show. You know, the unconventional life um, really got birthed out of a near-death experience I had about three years ago. So I can definitely share a little bit on that more. But it really, you know, my life, like my backstory, I grew up in Connecticut, oldest of five, was a big athlete, was a sponsored snowboarder for a while, gymnast, softball player, tennis player, like any way that I could like compete and move my body, I was a yes mm-hmm. to. And um, through the process of all that, I ended up getting six concussions and actually had uh, two fractured vertebrae. My last concussion was in 2011. And in the process, I was also this entrepreneur. So I started my first six-figure company at 18, seven-figure company at 22. And then by the time I was 24, speaking of book publishing, we had figured out how to make books bestsellers on Amazon and took that algorithm and turned it into mm-hmm. a company and did a big seven-figure launch and published books for people like Dave Asprey and Mind Valley and some others. And then um, went into about $200,000 worth of debt overnight, had a business partner embezzle a bunch of money, 
and then saw the other side of business and had a team of about 24 at the time that was working for us. And so it was a whole trajectory. So that coupled with like, you know, all of the injury that I had, which I also was going through massive post-concussive syndrome. So I was like going through that and then simultaneously going through this embezzlement. It was like the universe and the world being like, okay, there has to be another way. And for so long, you know, I was chasing this conventional perspective of what success is. And I would set these big goals for myself. And by the time that I would get there, I could never enjoy them. I wouldn't actually even be able to experience the satisfaction because I was always on to that next peak. And I don't know for anyone who, you know, climbs mountains, I live in Colorado, but it's like these false summits, like again and again and again. And in those experiences, it was like asking me to actually take a step back press pause and for the first time really confront like who am I and what's important to me if it's not about the numbers in my bank account if it's not about the relationships if it's not about how many press features I've had if it's not about you know all these accolades like what actually matters and and who am I in the process of it and I started you know both because of circumstance of not actually being able to subscribe to hustle culture any longer my brain legitimately like I was you know declared um you know disabled they were like this is how life's going to be you're going to have post-concussive syndrome um you're just Mm. not going to be able to remember things sensitivity to light and down. I'm like 22 years old, by the way, as all of this is happening. So like, talk about like the news to deliver to a 22 year old. You're like, yeah, this is like how life's going to be. And like, here, you want to sign the dotted line for disability insurance? It was like, um, (laughs) no, I don't. And, um, I got really, um, you know, invested in an alternate path (gasps) and I became a holistic health coach started to do um, neurofeedback, brain mapping, network chiropractic, and I went on my own healing journey. And not only did I heal my brain and really, you know, heal myself about 90%, I've had to work in different ways now, I became really accustomed to this new way, which this new model, I call it the unconventional life, where, you know, I actually find it's like allowing things to come through you rather than just being created by you. And I also find it, it's like a superpower. It's like the minimum movement, maximum impact strategy, where, you know, conventionally, you might be doing a lot of different things plugging along every day, where in this model, you know, it might look like you're doing less, but then you have these quantum acceleration points and you end up getting further faster. And so it's allowed me to, you know, learn to work differently. Some might say work smarter, but it's in in a lot of ways being more intentional and more aligned. So it's been uh, quite a, quite a trajectory (laughs) over my last, you know, however many years. So. Oh my God. And dude, I have to ask you, like, how old are you? I know that's so weird, but I'm 29. I turned 30 uh, next month. So it's like, holy shit. Like, I took forever to get to certain, like, emotional and intellectual points in my life. And you're there at 29. I was apparently on the fast track. God, universe, whatever you want to call it, was like, you're going to wake up really fast. (laughs) Holy moly, you did. Wow. So, so it's crazy. Do you feel like you were, I don't want to say ignoring your calling because you were working in, in what you thought you were supposed to be in that conventional life. Do you think that's why you got bopped <laughs> upside the head? Like, Literally six times because you were yeah, ignoring you know, your calling. I find that I'm definitely stubborn. <laughs> you know, even my dad jokes, like the oldest of five, he's like, <laughs> you like came out of your mother screaming, like, <laughs> you know, so I'm definitely stubborn. Um, and not only that, but, you know, as a tourist as well, I very much, you know, get like, it has to be my way. And I can you know, historically, I've been very attached to things. Like if I have an idea and I've got a vision, I'm going to pull through, you know, harder and faster and I won't give up more than anyone else. And that just wasn't working. And so, you know, I find that I was doing what I thought I should be doing 
yet I wasn't actually doing what I was yeah. here to be doing. And I find a lot of us, we get these pings, these insights all the time, whether they're in your shower, when you're driving to work, maybe they're, you know, right before you go to bed at night and these like insights and often it's really easy to ignore them or to dismiss them and be like, oh, that's just a ridiculous idea, you know, or like, oh, no one's going to want to listen to that or, oh, there's no value in that. And I actually started to begin prioritizing those things. And so I think all of these, you know, concussions was like, you know, a, a way to really um, literally give me the space and actually make me start paying attention. And so, you know, I live my life now on this like aligned way. I call it rapid visioning. Um, but it's, yeah, been this huge process of welcoming these pings. And I mean, my whole company on conventional life, like I literally, it was like an accidental six-figure revenue stream from a dream that I had where I saw 30 entrepreneurs gathering in Bali were the first words out of my mouth. And it was like, Bali? And it was like seeing people at this dinner table. And I was like, oh yeah, you're supposed to start doing live events. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't do live events. Like, I don't know how to host events. And it nagged me for three weeks. And I was like talking to girlfriends and talking to my partner. I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, I think you have to like post an event. And I remember I called my dad and he's like, you're going to convince 30 people to fly halfway across the world in two months and pay you how much money? He's like, have you really lost your mind? Should we like get you back in like brain treatment again? You know, like, are you really like out there? And I was like, something in me knew that I was onto something. And so I called up someone who knew what she was doing. I had six friends that I enrolled into coming be my facilitators. And we sold out that first event, you know, in seven weeks. And it was like remarkable. And, you know, flash forward, we've been ranked, you know, the top event for entrepreneurs to attend the last couple years. We put on these amazing five-day life and business accelerators reaching people in over 75 different countries um, and really inspiring people to follow these non-traditional paths. In addition, we also have the Unconventional Life podcast, which is, you know, this process of telling these stories of people like you and I who are a little quirky, who are doing it differently, Mm -hmm. but to give more permission that there is another way. So it's been quite a ride. So (laughs) we do need to give that permission too. We need to get it from ourselves, but it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like therapy in a way where you get that validation. You're like, okay, well you have this. And you're like, I knew I had that. I knew it. Thank (laughs) you so much. So giving that validation is huge, but let's talk about letting it work through you because that is such an intuitive process to fine tune. And I don't know if it's different for everybody, but for me, like developing intuition has been about paying attention to little whims, to little Mm -hmm. signals. It hasn't been like, um, well, I was smacked upside the head, you know, when I got sick, then it was like, (laughs) hey, I've been trying to tell you, you need to do this, you need to do this, and, and you're not listening. So there you go. And so I get it because you and I arrived like at at the same place in the same way, pretty much. Um, But really tuning up that intuition is different, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I do think these, you know, for those of us that are stubborn, our physical bodies uh, definitely can be our catalyst for these, these wake up moments. But, you know, for me, um, you know, I like intuition wasn't in my repertoire and yeah. I really actually held it as you either had it or you don't <laughs> like some people, <laughs> they're the intuitive ones, me, not the intuitive ones. And I was so in my head, you know, and it's ironic now because like I literally host transformational events and I'm like, you know, like, yeah, medical intuitive, all this, this crazy stuff. But like, I was clear, I was not one of them. And I started to, um, create yeah, this yeah. game mostly because mm-hmm. I was so sick and exhausted. <laughs> I couldn't keep going. And 
And um, I called it the hell yes or no game. And my experiment, my hypothesis was if I was to say no to everything for 60 days and just like told, you know, people in my life, told some of the projects that I was doing. One, and keep in mind, I was pretty sick at this point. So not all of us have the luxury of 60 days of saying no, maybe you try this on for three days or even a week. What would happen? You know, if I said no to everything and then only said yes to what I call the full bodied yes or those hell yes moments. And I think we can all relate to them. It's like when someone's like, oh my God, you just won $20,000. Do you want to come take an all expense paid trip to Hawaii? And you're like, awesome. Like it's like a full bodied yes. But then when they're like, but you've got to do it in two weeks and you have to pay a thousand dollar down payment. And then like that, yes, like slowly contracts into this, like not as clear of a yes. And so I got curious if I really started syncing up my awareness and my actions just to these full bodied yeses, what would become possible? And so for literally 60 days, I would track on a spreadsheet all of the things that I was saying yes to. And most of the time, the things I was saying yes to were like sixes and sevens or like obligatory yeses, or I'd convince myself yeses of like, I don't really want to go to that networking event, but I think maybe if I met this one person, then maybe something cool could happen. And like, it would be this like, should yes. And I would find when I would take those moments, they would end up being like six or seven type of outcomes. But when I acted on these 10 out of 10 full bodied yeses, like in these, I'm like, you don't even have to think about yeah. them. They just kind of happened. I found that they were these 10 out of 10 outcomes. And so what I started to realize is that when I said no to things that were threes or fours or sixes and sevens and just acted on the tens, more tens started to show up in my life. And it started to give me a greater barometer for my own relationship to intuition and alignment and to instinct. And I started doing this literally like on a spreadsheet, you know, for those of you that might not say you're intuitive, where I would just track, okay, it's the end of the day, I'm about to go to bed. What decisions did I make? And I would take like all of two minutes and I would just reflect, what did I say yes to? And I slowly started to sync up the awareness of where I was unconsciously saying yes to the things that were actually sixes and sevens to more of the tens. And I noticed I was being presented more tens. And as a result, like going to the gym, I started flexing my intuition muscle. And so um, definitely an interesting practice that I still live my life by where, you know, I talked to my partner and we were just moving into a new place and I saw it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a yes. Like, let's sign a lease. And he's like, how do you know? Like, how do you not have to like think about this? And like, what about this location? I'm like, it's just instinctive. And so I I've built that over the last few years, but I find um, intuition is available for everyone. We all have it. And not only that, that it's a superpower in so many ways in a shortcut. Like our logical minds are so valuable and definitely have a process, but our bodies in my own experience carry more of our innate wisdom. And it's actually can become more effortless to like defer to that mapping first. And then of course, consult with your logical brain. There's definitely value in it. Um, but allowing, you know, your muscle to build such that you can relate in that way. And I found it's uh, just made everything in my life way easier. And it's given me a shortcut to um, not spending so much time, you know, chasing my own tail on things that I think could be maybe good or going down 30 million rabbit holes. I'm more clear on where to focus my time and when. Wow, you totally just graphed out. (laughs) intuition results, tracking your decisions. That's kind of been the missing piece though, because everybody gets very woo woo. And I'm not (laughs) saying there's, I I have nothing against that. I really don't. But that left brain component is usually missing from it. That actionable piece is missing from it. It's, It's telling people that there are parameters around how you do this exercise and giving them that instruction that's huge because most of the time it'd be like, man, you just buy, man, you just feel it. Yeah. You know? And you're like, 
Bill Brickin what? I don't know. What are you? <laughs> and it's noise. Yeah. Like there's so much noise in the world. Yeah. Holding people I completely back. agree. You know, my dad, he was an accountant, Wall Street, New York City, and he would always say, trust, but verify. And, you know, it was like, for me, I always heard it as the mirroring of the left and the right brain, because for people like myself, for you, or even some of you listeners, like, I like data, you know, I like, I like to be able to feel something, yeah. but then to cross reference. And so um, I do find that also too, you know, gives me the confidence of like, yeah, when I'm doubting myself, or I'm doubting my ability, there's enough proof uh, to, to keep going. So Okay. And that's amazing. So it's like, you're not, you know, the freaky progeny like that, that happens, right? The three-year-old that's like, I'm ready for college. You know, that's, that happens. But all of us, we have to condition intuition and we have to like, just as we condition anything, if we're like, well, you know what? I have some raw talent as an artist. Okay, great. Well, then you need to go to school or you need to take classes or you need to just do it every single day, multiple times a day, you know, and practice and get better and better and better. And intuition is the same thing. It's not something that's only some people have it and some people don't. That's So that's crazy. And it seems like a new thought that's being introduced. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I think not only it's like it's accessible to everyone and I'll even go and what to say that I find it's becoming a fundamental requirement. Like when I look at like what's happening in the world, it used to be way easier to be more unconscious or be like, ah, oh, intuition, it doesn't matter, you know? But I actually think that so many of us are being given, um, especially those of us that go through illness and sickness and like go through these bigger challenges, we're kind of like the freaks, but in some ways we're like the ones that are being tapped first. And I often find Yes. in my own healing journey, it's like it's waking us up faster. And the intuition and these parts, they're the compass in the guide. And not only they're not just like, oh, if I have time, maybe it'll be like a fun hobby thing. It's like, this is where the information <laughs> is like coming through. Like this is this is the compass. Yeah. And what I'll find is, you know, my, in my own experience, when I ignore it, and when I try to pretend it's not there, it goes from like a light little tap on my shoulder to like a full on push to then like smack you down to the ground, kind of like, Hello, uh, I'm yeah. here. And I think many of you, you know, including yourself, can relate to that. And it's because the urgency of this wisdom, it's no longer like a nice to have. It's like, no, it's like here now for us and each one of us on our path to, to step into. So I, you know, it's, it's an interesting, interesting shift. Good news, bad news, you know, it's so nice and like being in the dark. But at the same time, there is actually a responsibility and an opportunity um, to really develop and hold it this way. Like it's a skill set. And, you know, just like conventional wisdom teaches yeah. us the value of, you know, uh, like, you know, safety and risk management and like a lot of these skills on how to navigate those, there's an actual skill set of how to navigate this new model of living and thinking and creating and being in relationship to your intuition and slowing down and having things come through you. And so it's actually doubling down on how do I invest in those skills? Who do I even go to to teach me those skills? You know, it's one of the reasons these unconventional mm -hmm. life events we do have been so mm -hmm. successful is like, that's like, we're doing the training there. You know, it's why community is so important. It's why this podcast is so important. It gives voice to things that historically haven't had voice or have historically been told like, don't pay attention to that, or that's not relevant, or that's a waste of time. It's almost like, you know, flipping it on its head a little bit. So 
it's totally flipping it's on its head and then it reminds me of this meme i saw that was um what it really feels like to have a spiritual awakening versus what you think it's like you know you think it's like home you know and you're levitating and whatever and it's amazing and really it's like this woman's grabbing her head going i'm not crazy i'm not crazy i'm not crazy <laughs> How do we? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like the stuff that no one wants to talk about, you know, like it's so easy to be like, ah, transformational and expanding and all the success and whatever. But just the degree that you see the success and the transformation, there is an equal and opposite degree of failure and challenge and clearing and purging that is on the other side. It is the purging and the release and the contraction and the doubt that actually clears the space for the light and the positivity uh, to land in your life. Otherwise, you're just like full. It can't integrate. Mm -hmm. And and so um, it's, yeah, definitely an important conversation. I could get, I could get all jazzed out you on that You do one. get all jazzed out on that for my 27th point when I'm driving with. Yeah. No, no, but let's get, let's talk about the poo-pooers. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be people that are listening that are like, all right, whatever Looney Tunes, like, I don't want to hear this, but they're, they're one, they're blocking themselves. You and I both know that they're blocking themselves from letting it. It's almost like um, I liken this to having a key and opening a door. And, mm -hmm. and it's that simple. It's like, you've, just, you've been trying to like use your car key to open the door for the past, you know, 20 <laughs> years or whatever, you just needed the right key. So what do you say to the people who are so incredibly just literal in their translations of things like, where's the evidence? Where's it? You know, how do you break through to people like that? Yeah, so good. Well, you know, one, I feel like it's a byproduct of my dad. Like when I was like, you know, 16 or whatever, you know, he would never, it was never like, oh, keep going on your ideas or keep doing that. He was paid to find the holes in every plan. So if you imagine being a teenager yeah. and you've got an idea and you just want to be like, dad, can you just give me some approval? And, <laughs> and he's like, uh, did you consider this? And uh, what about that? Oh. And so um, it had me think very logically. And I, you know, I really thank him. I was really annoyed at yeah. the time, but <laughs> now I'm very very grateful for it. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is he would always talk to me about looking at the data, you know, and where is the evidence. And so for those of you, you know, in your life, you've been mapping this on, you don't have to take my word for it. And I don't like to ever view what I have to share as the truth, you know, try it on for yourself. But I always like to like take a pause button. And if I'm the fly on the wall in my life, I like to look at objectively, where am I finding, like, where is the energy flowing or where are the results flowing to be more specific. And so if I have a new idea, you know, and like, let's say I got downloaded the idea that I'm supposed to be, you know, downloaded, even though use that word, let's say the idea <laughs> came about, you know, hosting the retreat or something, you know, I like to just put it out there and then see what kind of feedback I get. So, you know, even for example, yesterday, I had a friend of mine who wants to actually help single men prepare their space, clean out their homes, like learn how to cook to help make space for that extra special woman that they're calling into their life. Aww. And so she was like, I'm sitting on this idea, but I don't know if anyone wants to come and anyone want to want to be a part of the idea. And I was like, well, have you put it out there? And so we literally wrote a Facebook post in this group and I was like, just throw it out. And it's less about the result, mm -hmm. but more to see where does the natural result or energy flow? If like you put it out there, I have a belief that there's a lot of organic movement. People share it. For example, if you're using social media, people are commenting, it's sparking a conversation. That's a good indicator that there's movement there, that there's alignment there, that there's energy there. Simultaneously, we've all been in conversations when someone's sharing something with us and it just goes flat and it's either confusing or the energy just seems to, to, to die, you know, or even if you don't use energy, it just seems to not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she put this up on Facebook. I checked this morning. She had like 
40 some comments on it of men being like, yay, I'm so interested in like people sharing it. And it was just a way to kind of as an indicator of there's movement there, looking at objective data that there's movement. And so what I would say, you know, for those like poo-pooing and not totally, you know, sure if this fits in my life, try it out and see where is the movement and results flowing. And if you have something in your life that you want to try out, you know, then just give it an experiment, throw a dart, have a conversation, see if it naturally, you know, excites the person, or if naturally, you know, you've got an idea and you're sharing about it and it seems to be encountering resistance. No one seems to want to talk about it. You're trying to get a client. No one seems to want to buy it. You're trying to, you know, get featured in this thing. No one seems to want to listen versus, you know, is there natural movement? Is there natural feedback that's supporting, hey, you've got something here. And if I go woo on it for a second, Mm -hmm. I call that the energetics and alignment. And I like to find when I feel excitement and aliveness and expansion. And you can actually feel this in your body when you talk about something. Mm -hmm. If your chest is up and your shoulders are back and your head is held high, usually that's an indicator that there's energy and movement there. And when you talk about something and you actually kind of get more hunched over, you feel a little bit more contracted, kind of stresses you out. It's an indicator that there's contraction and usually a place to pause or or step back or reflect. And so um, at any given moment, I'll ask myself, okay, where's the data? Like where's, you know, where's the results? Where are they naturally flowing? And I'll take that as inventory of double down over here, maybe pause and reflect over there and use it without attachment, but just as feedback. And that feedback, you know, it, it speaks for itself, you know, rather than uh, letting some of these concepts be you for not for you. And I find usually with enough um, affirmed feedback in my own experience, it's like, yeah, this shit kind of works. <laughs> I've at least been my, my experience of it. So. It does though, but it, yeah. it's almost like, testing the market for your intuition and then using what comes back to you. And the the other thing is like, you don't have anything to lose. It's not like, well, I'm going to test the market. And then, uh, so I'm going to see what people think of this idea, but I can't do that because if I do that, you know, then I'm going to get kicked out of my house. Like there's no, there's no (laughs) risk. There's no risk. Your business isn't going to shut down. Your partner's not going to leave you. Like there's no, there's no risk to this by just testing the waters. And, but maybe it's also about having the confidence in yourself Mm -hmm. to begin to test the water. So if you encounter somebody who's like, yeah, but I'm getting this message, but I'm afraid of what people are going to say. How do you handle that? Yeah, well, I would say that fear is is natural. We are human beings living a human experience. And so like for me, I don't necessarily know if the fear ever goes away. And I think the way I relate to it now is, you know, I like to even say I'm on the line where I'm either batshit crazy or I'm totally onto something. And that can feel <laughs> the same sometimes. It can feel like, oh yeah. my goodness, I should never, ever open my mouth about this. Like people are going to think I've lost it. They really, like, I'm going to be getting messages that like I need to be like committed to. Like they're going to like really think, you know? And like, so like, or, or simultaneously, I have this brilliant idea and I'm like going to revolutionize everything. And so I think that's a really natural process. And so the first thing I want to like say is just acknowledging it's normal. Like it's actually okay. There's nothing wrong yeah. with fear. And inside of fear, there's choice. Mm-hmm. And I, in my life, like, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to stop feeling fear. I, I feel like it's part of the experience of what I have gotten good at is the choice of feeling that and being in action anyways and saying, wow, I'm, you know, totally feeling like afraid and terrified yet. Like I am more committed to this curiosity and I'm just gonna like, I'm going to be in that fear. I'm not going to make it wrong, but I'm just going to be in action anyways. And in my opinion, that's the only way 
the micro shifts start to happen. And this isn't about being in like step one and then like going to step 100 of like, oh gosh, I don't want to ever share myself to then like being on the main stage singing in front of like 3,000 people. Like this isn't about like, you know, taking that kind of a leap, but it's like those micro steps. And the only way things will shift is the actual intentionality of you shifting. So maybe it's not throwing it up on Facebook for the world to see, but maybe it's the choice of I'm going to commit to having three conversations and I'm going to share this thing. And the thing is, is that you, you know, think about being stuck is that you get to be right about being stuck if you stay stuck and you stay in the choice of not being in action. And so it's more of a question, are you committed to being right of being afraid and stuck, or are you more committed to the possibility that something might be able to shift or move and doing it in a way that still doesn't blow you out? It's not about taking that step 100, but giving you that little bit of confidence to get one win on the board. And I find when you can get small little wins on the board, you start to notice like, you know, the the wave of like, okay, I've got one little win on the board. Okay, I've got another win on the board. And that can actually build the muscle of confidence. Um, but it's in the frame of like, it's all choice. And I, you know, I still feel it all the time. And those micro incremental shifts to get those wins on the board is like how things change. It's how life moves. It's how you create movement in your life is actually in choice to move, <laughs> even in whatever direction, at least you're moving in some way. And, you know, when it all comes down to it, like if you post something and it doesn't get any traction, you can just delete it. <laughs> you can just do it again. If you totally stop you know, if you yeah. totally flub a conversation, I was never the great here. news is you can just open your mouth and have another one, you know, like, yeah. like there's no, there's no like wrong, wrong yeah. note. There's never yeah. a wrong note. It's always giving you data and feedback. And so that's the other frame is that you can always create it and recreate it in the next moment, in the next moment, in the next moment. So there's no FOMO on it. The only FOMO is like staying where you are. You know, you can definitely be sure if you stay where you are and you don't create any movement, you will probably keep getting what you're getting. You will. You will get what you're getting. And it's not a final proclamation either. It's not yeah. like, I am making yeah. this at the end of my life. And I'm telling you, you know, like you get to keep going. So, and the other thing that helps me is that I remember how people are very self-focused. So anything that has to do with other people, unless they're typically close or really tuned into the message or whatever, usually it's just digested as part of the regular clutter of the day. Like nobody is as deeply vested in you as you. So people coming across the idea are going to be like, oh, okay, well, that's great. You know, I read about Jewel's idea. That's great. Okay, I'm going to move on to whatever, right? <laughs> or they're going to be like, oh, that's great. Totally. I'm totally tuning into it. But they're never going to be like, oh, well, I'm ingesting this. And this is a direct affront to my, you know, like they're not, like it's not that type of a risk when you're yeah. like, you just have to be super centered about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about like this, you know, information age that we live in and how many podcasts, banners, commercials, things are being yeah. like put in our sensory experience. It's like, I think about how long you retain something, you know, it always, you're totally right. It feels so big and so personal. And in the grand yeah. scheme of things, like it really, we're, we're pretty insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Look at anybody who, when you're giving a speech, look at anybody in the audience, checking their phone, they're talking to somebody next to them and you're still talking. You're still talking and, and you're coming from this place of like this massive exploration and it's so deep and moving and dude is over there looking at a freaking YouTube video. Like they're just, <laughs> the pressure that we put on ourselves is ridiculous and it, it holds us back. Speaking of fear, and this is why you and I are in such alignment, like it's just crazy. 
I am on a fear journey this year where I'm tackling one fear per month. Ooh. Yeah. And it is not, it, it's interesting, but it's also like nauseating at the same yeah. time, but empowering, like you said, and it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Like it doesn't, you know, we're going to, my husband and I are going to this uh, Amazon rainforest exhibit thing at the Mall of America. And we're going to stand in a room full of flying cockroaches. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. It's oh, so, so good. I actually have like, for me, like the fear of like fish. Okay. I used to be afraid of swimming in the lakes when I was younger because the fear of yeah. fish around you, like just the feeling of them oh. also. Like I imagine like standing like with the cockroaches <laughs> and the feeling of them. It's, it's incredible. And in the realm of fears, like, you know, you don't have to tackle it all at once. You know, sometimes like, especially a growth oriented mm. culture that I find we live in or I can live in too. You know, at times it's like, gotta solve everything, gotta evolve it all gotta transform it all gotta get after yeah. it all and the reality is is there's nothing wrong you know even staying where you are there's nothing wrong it's all just choice and and you get to play it when choice. it feels good in your system and sometimes we have extra bandwidth and we're like yeah I'm energized and I'm rocking and let's go and sometimes like you know I just got over pneumonia unfortunately the last few months and like I've been like oh kind gosh. of down and like not in a growth I'm like more in a nourishing inward phase I'm like you know I can see some new opportunities but right now I'm pretty good <laughs> you know and so it's like yeah. paying attention yeah to your cycles and seasons and tuning in and you know allowing allowing that to guide you know and so uh I love your fear journey though it's like yeah so what an accountability structure for, oh my god. for a play on that oh my god it's it's seriously it seriously is and um I'm just gonna have to keep going but I mean I think in yeah. fear there's power there's choice like you said but there's power so and when you can do these things, you just build yourself up into, well, I did this, now I can do this thing. And, and it's that confidence builder. And this is how we, we, we hone our expertise anyways. Like we're never done. We're never like, I'm an expert and I'm done now. You know, we're, we're always learning. But it is with these micro steps that you're talking about. So, oh, I did this. Oh, great. That means I can do this. Oh, I did this. I can do this. Then I can do this bigger thing that maybe three months ago you couldn't even <laughs> imagine tackling. But now you're like, well, all right, I went swimming in the river. <laughs> look at me go. You know, like totally. it's amazing. Yeah. And it's amazing. And then you look back and you're like, seeing your know, life happens and you're like, I can't believe I was ever making that a big deal. Or like, I can't believe, you know, <laughs> I was afraid of that then. Like, oh my God. You know? And so it's exactly, exactly it. So. Exactly. Well, it has been a blast having you on. Like, I cannot believe how fast <laughs> that went. Totally. That was. Amazing. And I'm so excited because now we're going to piggyback and jump onto your show. So I'm so excited because we're still going to keep talking. But thank you so much for being on Sick Biz Buzz. Yeah, it was so great having me and can't wait to have you on the Young Conventional Life podcast. And uh, it was such a pleasure to be with all of you listeners as well. Absolutely. Testing intuition navigating the new model of living, thinking, and creating. Cracking the code to full-bodied yeses. Tracking your decisions and what you said yes to. Graphing your freaking intuition, people, so you can welcome more in. Jules Schroeder morphed into an unconventional life filled with music. We didn't talk about that much. We will next time. And passion and the people 
she wants to be surrounded by. She is opening all her senses to the sensations of life and encourages you to do the same. To get in touch with Jules to talk about your con- unconventional life, rather, please go to julesschroeder.com. We'll have that information for you on the website. And I think it's fascinating. Also, you can go to her podcast site, which you will find the tool, 10 Ways to Start Your Unconventional Life Journey. That's fantastic, man. Where was that five years ago? Just saying. This also applies if you want to just listen to her podcast filled with millennial trailblazers who are earning their living in non-traditional ways. And I'm not even a millennial. I'm not going to tell you what I am, but I'm not that. So so happy that she was on the show. I am also so excited to share with you that my first book signing is happening in next month, April 18th at the Barnes & Noble Galleria in Edina, Minnesota. We are even feeding and whining people who show up. We're also copying them, diet coking them, <laughs> watering them. Anyways, I hope you can make it. This is an event open to the public. It costs you nothing. Just requires that you be there at 6.30 p.m. for all the fun and mingling and I hope to see you that's it for this week's episode of sick biz buzz until next time thanks so much for listening be well